We got we got no cute anecdotes to open this episode with. That's devastating. It is devastating. How will people know we're deeply in love? I don't know. Welcome back to Why Will No <laughs> Why Will No One Date These Guys. I'm Joel Guy. I'm Lauren Pauls. And I'm back again in the studio with my lovely girlfriend. Naomi was unfortunately swept away to sea in a hot air balloon. So she is oh, unavailable man. to record this week. But that's perfectly okay because this week we were talking about apps to improve your relationship with your significant other. So, yeah, I don't know if I want to be discussing this with my sister. I mean, you could be discussing this with your sister, but I think it will be better talking to the person that you use the apps with. Before we do that, Lauren, we do have a drink to sample today. Ooh. And What's our drink? Um, we are drinking Waterloo sparkling water. It is cherry limeade flavor. Lauren, have you consumed Waterloo's before? I've consumed those before because they've been in our fridge. Nice. I like how you pour yourself a little bit and leave me most of the can. That's the kind of guy I am. Because Joel knows I have a sparkling water problem. It's true. I mean, it's better than Vicodin. It's better than Vi. It's it's a it's the best vice I could possibly have. That's perfectly fair. Yes. Okay, what are we thinking with this? I'm tasting cherry. I'm tasting hints of lime. Yeah, there's cherry. There's hints of lime. I don't hate it. I've had better sparkling water. I've also had better sparkling water. This is pretty soft. It's not very intense flavor. Mm-hmm. It's very. It depends highly on the carbonated water, like the flavor of carbonated water, mm-hmm. um, which I don't necessarily like. I don't think... The test of a good sparkling water is if it's still flavored when it's flat. Ooh, okay. That's an interesting one. So this would not be flavored when it's flat. Yeah. My tip for sparkling water is I always add a couple drops of stevia because I like sparkling water that tastes like soda. And I feel it really amplifies the flavors and allows them to sing. I don't like that. Damn. I think it's cheating. I think you should just buy diet soda if you want diet soda. Like cheating in our relationship or... (laughs) Did <laughs> you break up with me over this? No. <laughs> Segwaying slightly, Lauren, Naomi and I have been doing this thing all year where we discuss 2020 fun. Sorry, that's 2020 too much fun. Uh, the things we're doing to keep ourselves sane in these weird, disparate, uncomfortable times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've just been talking about books, movies, games, things, media we're consuming that's making our lives good. Uh, is there anything you've been consuming that you've found enjoyable you want to share with people? Well, I just started Pokemon Violet. Okay. Yeah. Besides the glitches, is that going I was going to say, it's both terrible and great. Okay. Um, A step forward for the franchise? A step forward for the franchise. A step backwards for video game designers (laughs) everywhere. Damn. Yeah. Uh, This is now a video game journalism podcast uh, where we criticize Nintendo. Yep. Any other games? Cult of the Lamb is really good. I like... That it is sort of a, it's half a management game and half roguelike combat, all with a cute little lamb main character. It's like uh, Sim City meets Binding of Isaac. Yes. Okay. Yes, I've I've seen really good reviews on that. You seem to be enjoying it. There seems to be a decent level of complexity under the hood. 
would you, would you recommend it to others? I know you've been buying merchandise based on Yes, I bought it. a plushie. Um, I rec- I do recommend it. I've recommended it to a couple people. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, it seems like something that both novices and like expert video game players can Absolutely. get into and enjoy, yeah. which, seems, uh, which seems good. I'm more of a casual game player, so... Game player. <laughs> I'm more of a casual gamer, so like... I did my first run on easy mode and I found it a little too easy. So now I'm doing hard mode and I'm finding it very, (laughs) very challenging. So there's definitely a range of skill levels that can play this game. Sure. Uh, And then what have you been watching? Well, we have been watching the Great British Baking Show. We have been watching it and I think it just wrapped up last week or the Mm -hmm. week before. Last week. I really enjoy it because... The stakes seem lower than a lot of traditional Mm -hmm. American cooking television. I really am not a fan of Gordon Ramsay screaming at people, telling them that they're dog shit. It's uh, cooking should not be nearly that stressful. And I think it only encourages kind of the worst aspects of a lot of restaurant environments. That said, I was going to say, you're not a hundred percent in with Great British yeah, Bake Off. I saw some of the earlier seasons and it seems that they're leaning more and more into game show territory, which I think is a mistake. They're coming up with challenges that are more and more obtuse and they're not giving people enough time. I remember the one that really annoyed you was, what was it? Make, make a lemon custard make pie. Make a lemon meringue, meringue pie. Meringue pie. And that was the only instruction was make a lemon meringue pie. Yeah, we, we saw this same thing when we were stuck. If viewers listened to the other episode, the Am I the Asshole episode we recorded recently, we mentioned uh, my cat Bean, it's a medical stuff. So we were stuck inside a uh, emergency room clinic waiting for him for about six hours one evening this week. And we were watching the the guys guy, grocery games, guys grocery games, and uh, they had a number of challenges themed around the holiday. And it seemed that there was like some weird cultural mishmashing there, where you had an African American family going up against a white family, each creating their own like takes on Thanksgiving dishes with certain limitations. And everything the African American family like associated with Thanksgiving. Well, I think I I think it's less a race thing and more of a Southern thing. Oh I no, think I, I, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think it was a race thing. Like um, Midwestern Thanksgiving. But, but but the point I was trying to make was there's very different cultural understandings of holiday celebrations. Yeah. And I think the judges didn't take that into account when they were, you know, critiquing some of the dishes, which was frustrating. Yeah. In the same way, the Great British Baking Show seems to assume you have, like, unlimited cultural knowledge and you're penalized for yes. not being this, like, cosmopolitan. And I think that's kind of unfair because you can still have skill challenges for things that people haven't done before. Yeah. You should just, like, give them a picture of what it looks like or some, like, sample set of, you know, what it's supposed to end up as so they yeah. know what they're aiming for. Because, like, some people, you know, are given addition, like, should this be creamy? Should this be soft? You know, should it be a, a thick meringue? Should it mm-hmm. be a thin meringue? And that's, like, totally understandable. But again, unless you've read every single cookbook in the yeah. last 10 years, you're not going to have like a pitch perfect understanding exactly. what the dessert is supposed to achieve. Mm-hmm. So I'm frustrated with it, but I think it is still enjoyable. It's, it's a delightful little show. Yeah. It, it's people who are slightly above the level of amateur competing and like making mistakes and blunders that like normal home cooks will. Yeah. And you'll learn a lot. I think about baking and technique and get some creative ideas for things you can do. Absolutely. Home. Was there another show we'd been watching? Love is Blind. Love is Blind, unfortunately. <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, Jesus. Why are you saying, oh, Jesus? I'm saying, oh, Jesus, because the show is trash. 
Yeah, that's true. It makes me very grateful for our relationship, though. <laughs> My issue with Love and Blind, Love is Blind, is it's marketed as some kind of like grand Experiment. anthropological commentary yes. on the human condition. And it's really not. It's just a trashy game show. Like the editing and the structure of it and the limitations all are set up in such a way to like bring out the worst in people. Yeah. And I think if they were just honest about that, you would probably get less viewers. But that's that's what it is. It, it's sort of like how a lot of companies branding has shifted to like when you buy our products, you're like helping us succeed in our mm-hmm. mission. You know, you're proving that you care about the environment. Yeah. And in the same way, Netflix is like, if you watch this trashy relationship show, you're actually like engaging with this process of self-discovery and what yeah. relationships can be. Exactly. But yeah, it's um they stick a bunch of couples in sex segre- segregated dormitories and they can only talk to each other through these like sound booths and they can't see each other at all. And sight unseen, they have to have, you know, a series of conversations and decide if the people they're talking to are people they want to spend time with. And then after they've made, you know, a close connection, they have the opportunity if they want to propose to the other person on the other end, spend 30 days of them together, finally seeing their faces. And then if they want, they can get married at the end of all of that. And on occasion, that has yielded what seem like decent relationships. It has done that possibly once. Possibly (laughs) once. Most of the time, it's a horrible train wreck, and it's great television. It really is. Not great research, though. No. Uh, I think what frustrates me about Baking Show is that it's going too far, and what frustrates me about Love and Blind is it's not going far enough. Because if they really want to answer the question of whether or not Love is Blind— they would have like voice scramblers. Yeah. So you might like encounter someone who has male presenting features or someone who has female presenting features. I'll say this. They also seem to get contestants who are above average in attractiveness. Yes, that was going to be my gripe is that they cast exclusively traditionally very hot people. Like we're not talking like underwear model, but like somewhere near there. We're talking like... You would probably get a lot of swipes if you were like that attractive on a dating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think a lot of these people have interesting like backgrounds and like understandings of the world, but they also chop up the conversation so much. And I'm really interested in like the the, the footage they captured and being able to like listen to that in a Mm -hmm. podcast form or something. Because it seems like, you know, these people are together for dozens of days, if not weeks, yeah. um, you know, talking intimately about their understanding of the world and what they care about and their families and their jobs and their hopes and dreams mm-hmm. and aspirations. And the few clips we get of that, of them in the booths just chatting and like discussing their deepest insecurities are like really compelling. Yeah. And they give us like 30 seconds of that in an average episode. I want to see more of that. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting how people like put themselves out there. And I'm not sure if the people doing this are like doing this because they're like absolutely infatuated with the idea of getting married. Cause some of them seem out. Some of them the absolutely case. are. Yeah. Others seem like they're trying to launch like a social media or marketing career off this. Yes. And they're only in it so that they can become popular and like hated or loved on the internet. And I, you know, all good to them, but I think they're also messing up the person that they're proposing yeah. to's life. So, uh, uh, it's, um, 
it's not as morally complex as other TV shows I've seen, but uh, you definitely will have you questioning your ethics in uh, watching it near the end. Yes, absolutely. Was that it? I think those are the two primary I think those things. Those are the two shows, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been playing recently a lot of Monster Train. It's a game I purchased cheap. It's a pretty simplistic game that involves like building decks of monsters and battling your way through hell. It's a very straightforward game, but it's like perfect refined uh, card building that I mm-hmm. really appreciate. But what I also really like is it's built for really short game sessions. So oh, if I have like nice. 10, 15 minutes, I can play two or three battles mm-hmm. and, you know, make some progress in the game. And you're constantly unlocking things and leveling up and the game itself allows you to create optional challenges. Mm-hmm. So as you're talking about, you know, you felt that Call of the Lamb was either too easy or too hard. I feel Monster Train really appeals to a middle mode where you get yeah. to choose the difficulty that nice. you face. And I, I haven't encountered a lot of games like it so i'm deeply appreciative that's awesome so we are nearly 15 minutes in let us get to the heart of the episode which is dating apps that couples might use to make their relationship well not dating apps like not traditional right right not like bumble or tinder these are apps that you use while you're already in a relationship to help improve your relationship like grinder like grinder yeah yeah i know that improved our relationship (laughs) quite a bit I think it's important to stress that as something Naomi and I have discussed a lot on this show, there's not like relationship school. You don't go to middle school and high school and learn about how to be a good communicator and like express your feelings. Mm -hmm. I think very few parents are comfortable talking about relationships with their children. And that's like a disservice because everything that people kind of learn about relationships is either from their friends or filtered through media. Yeah. And both of those have benefits and problems associated Mm -hmm. with them. And so I I think it's important that a lot of people take a slice of humble pie and recognize that they might not know how to do everything in a relationship. That there's probably weaknesses in how they express themselves, how they want to be loved, even things like household chores, their ability to like delegate and, you know, get stuff done. And so it's nice having tools that can help you know, bridge that gap Mm -hmm. that can provide you reminders that can provide you a way of accountability and tracking this stuff and sort of prevent your relationship from becoming tense off of the fact that potentially one or more of the individuals involved in the relationship just don't have the tools in their emotional or knowledge tool belt to do well Mm -hmm. in these areas. Um, Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. So number one is grinder. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I will say this uh, caveat at the top of the episode. Most apps will mine your data. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's read like, your terms and conditions, folks. That's like an inevitability in our world, especially a lot of these that don't charge you are probably collecting your information yes. and selling it to different companies. And that's like just a reality. Um, there are some where, you know, they have very good protections. There are some where you can buy the premium version and all that goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my understanding that Apple has pretty strict terms yeah, about Apple's what companies can it. do with your data. But yeah, just be but mindful. But be careful. Of that. Yeah. It's sort of like how we were discussing how period tracking apps could be used against women. Yeah. Maybe if you're concerned that you're in an area where your sexuality might be targeted, don't spend a lot of time inputting information about your sexuality and yeah. preferences. Yeah. Food that for That said, we use pretty much all of these. Yeah. Uh, that is, Personally. yes, so. th- th- that's not necessarily an endorsement. It's just us saying we found value in them and we think others might too. Yes, exactly. So the first one 
is a combination. <laughs> I find this one funny. I promise that these are not as simplistic. This first one I just thought was worth bringing up is Venmo and Cash App. And the joke that Lauren and I have in our relationship is Venmo has $50, which we just keep sending back and forth for different costs. And we it's will so true. until the end of time. The reason I wanted to discuss these is because I think a lot of people in relationships often want to split costs, mm -hmm. but it's very difficult to do that. Yes. It's very difficult to, you know, keep track of every transaction uh, to, you know, get a bill at a restaurant and hand two credit cards to them. I get that that's awkward. Um, it's weird, you know, having to account for every penny. So it's much better having like a centralized way just to track costs mm -hmm. and make money requests back and forth. Do you have any thoughts about how we utilize these? Venmo? Venmo, yeah. I think one thing that we talk a lot about is how, and something to be careful of with Venmo if you're in a relationship, is we talk about how we don't want our relationship to become transactional. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want necessarily to be to split all costs or be worried about every cent that we're sure. spending or that we're being completely equal in mm -hmm. how we're spending money. Not that we don't try to be equal in how we're spending money for each other, but it's just not something that we want to necessarily memorialize in that way mm -hmm. through sending money back and forth. But I think Venmo is a really, we use it, what do we use it for? We use it for- Monthly bills. Monthly bills. We use it for- Grocery shopping. Grocery shopping and cat food and we sometimes did. purchases. Like if, if we go to the flea market and Joel has cash and I don't have cash, um, I will Venmo Joel later for the things that he bought for me. Yeah. Typically, I think we're using it for shared purchases- or as you're saying, when like one person buys something for the other person that they would not have normally have purchased for themselves. Yes. Um, that's not to say go after a significant other for every single thing. Um, it is perfectly fine in relationships to treat your partner on occasion. Yes. And not have them pay you back. Uh, that adds a sense of, of whimsy and not um, <laughs> a financial obligation, yeah. which is the opposite of presence. I, I think the big benefit is there's a lot of costs that couples might need to split and mm -hmm. so it's helpful to have a way of like just neatly cutting it down the middle yeah. for instance if you went to costco and got like big bulk items of something mm -hmm. um if you're buying something that both of your pets might use like cat litter it makes sense i think to maybe split the cost on that yeah yeah there, there's a lot of utility to that and i think it's easier than ever to move money around there's not really any waiting periods mm -hmm. it's pretty seamless with banks for some reason my phone won't let me connect to my bank i can't upload money from the bank to the phone but you can download money yes. from the phone to the bank right mm -hmm. you don't just have like a thousand dollars sitting in your Venmo. <laughs> yes i promise i'm not waiting good. for like the perfect facebook marketplace transaction good. actually that's a good point to bring up we've purchased things on facebook marketplace with venmo before. yeah yeah and i think that's a really good way to not get robbed when you're purchasing yes, things not bring a ton of cash with you mm -hmm. i mean also do it in like I don't know, the parking lot, a police station or another yeah. public place. But yeah, if you're, say, purchasing a piece of furniture for yeah. your house, a really good option is to, you know, go and pay them in Cash App or Venmo. Mm -hmm. They can confirm the transaction almost immediately and you can leave without worrying about, you know, missing an organ or two when you mm -hmm. wake up. Yep. It's nice. So yeah, for financial management, we would recommend those two. Let's talk about household chores, Lauren. Ooh, household chores, our favorite subject. Our favorite subject. Things need to be done around the house. Yep. All sorts of things from All sorts of things. the mundane of like cleaning the kitchen, cleaning dishes, putting them away, taking out the trash 
to the like do once every 10 years like the top of the fan blade cleaning. Yes. <laughs> That's a big problem for me is I genuinely didn't know there was so many things around the house to clean. Yeah, the, you don't you just don't think about it. And especially if you're doing it like once a year or every couple of years because it's not a priority, it's going to fall off your radar. It's going to mm-hmm. be hard to track. So it's nice having an app that allows you to keep track of all of the different things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. And if you're an individual living by yourself, yeah, you can use this for that. If you're in a relationship with someone, you can use it for that as well. Yes. And what are we talking about, though? You have We haven't named the app yet. Oh, that's... <laughs> uh, it is Sweepy. Sweepy is an app that allows you to track chores around your house. It gives you reminders when stuff is past due. You can set time frames for how frequently you want stuff to be done, mm-hmm. or you can check it off in advance of that time frame if you want. It can as a feature where it can randomly send you stuff and be like, hey, check in on this. Make sure that, you know, your plants in the backyard are sufficiently watered. Yep. It also can allow you to keep track of points associated with things. That is so... I consistently ask Joel, probably every month or so, how he would rate us living together, like how living together is going. And Sweepy single-handedly took us from a B-plus to an A. Damn. Yeah. What an endorsement. It is an endorsement. I I think a lot of couples struggle to have a quality in their chores. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's totally fine. You might have a relationship where one person, like, lives at home and, you know, does stuff around the house Mm -hmm. and another person works outside of the house. But I I think more and more, most relationships have couples who are both working yeah and so there's a lot that needs to be done and it's difficult to you know keep track of whether or not there's equality and so one easy way to do that is to assign point values to like each chore ranging from one to three one being easiest to do like taking out the trash three being more complicated like you know scooping litter boxes and replacing the you know replacing cat litter litter, yeah And, and that way you know there's certain things where if someone wants to make sure they're caught up they can do some difficult stuff you know knock that out if people you know just want to be recognized for the fact they're consistently keeping the kitchen clean they can knock out a couple easy ones and you know maintain their point lead Uh, but it's a really easy way again to sort of track who's keeping the house clean yeah and we've discussed this this hasn't been something we've implemented yet but we we decided we decided to implement it for december we did okay and the idea would be we kind of gamify the game where whoever has the most points at the end of the month the other has to purchase them some fun media thing like a gift card for a nintendo switch or for steam Mm -hmm. or whatever um and so not only there's the I'm better than you aspect of it. Uh, There's also the like, hey, we recognize that there is a value associated with keeping the house clean. If you're able to, you know, do more, more than happy to, you know, accommodate you. Mm -hmm. Lauren, you have hired maid services before. I have hired maid services before. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And, And so I think it's important to recognize, again, this is something that stay at home parents struggle with that there is a value to keeping the house clean. Mm -hmm. You have to pay other people to do the house cleaning if, you know, you weren't doing it yourself. And so this is just, I think, a fine way of quantifying that. Feeding pets, that always escapes me. I have difficulty Mm -hmm. remembering when pets need to be fed and this allows you to get notifications for that. Yeah. You have a lot of plants. I do have a lot of plants that need to be watered and I forget to water them. So Mm -hmm. I have killed a snake plant by underwatering, which is a feat if you don't know. Uh, what a snake plan is. But yeah, it's good reminders for things that happen infrequently. And it's good reminders for like, the way I found Sweepy actually was in one of my neurodivergent Facebook groups. Like it's really good for people with ADHD and autism to be able to have 
a list of things that then generates rewards yeah. for accomplishing those tasks because starting tasks and finishing tasks is particularly hard for neurodivergent people. So it's really helpful for me as someone with ADHD to be able to have Sweepy's like list of three things that I need to get done for the day and also to be able to have the visual of how far behind Joel I am because <laughs> <laughs> Joel's laughing because it's true. I try, I try, I'm going to do better in December because we're gamifying it. I've decided, I've decided <laughs> I'm going to do better in December, but it's good to be able to see how much inequality there is in terms of chores and if there is inequality, to be able to recognize your partner for the extra work that they're putting in to keep the house clean. I think that's well put. Yeah. The other thing I really like is it's color-coded based off how long it's been since you last did Absolutely. And so, you know, if you have a chore that, you know, needs to be done every couple of days, you know, halfway through, say, a three- or four-day period, the chore will turn to yellow. And once it's due or past due, it turns red. red. And so you can immediately tell by opening the app, you know, what the highest priorities are. And then it's organized by different rooms in your house, which I think is quite clever. Mm -hmm. So it'll give you, like, an overall score for the room as well. So you know which areas are, like, pretty clean and which ones you need to, like, yeah. laser focus in on. It's very customizable, too. So it gives you a bunch of preset tasks based off of things that, you know, probably should be done yeah and it has suggestions for you know the point value of doing those chores and how frequently they should be done but all mm -hmm. of those have sliders but then you can also add additional chores with you know certain time frames or make it like a one-time task i guess like yeah. maybe raking leaves or something outside in the yard um, if you have you know trees that mm -hmm. drop down leaves and then you can also add additional rooms and customize it mm -hmm. there i personally have added a front yard and backyard section as yeah well. exactly we will say that sweepy is not free that's mm -hmm. something to keep in mind. It's about $2.50 a month or $13 a year, whichever you prefer. But for us, it's very, very worth it. Yeah. Do you know if you can add multiple people? You can add multiple people. So if you okay. have an entire, only one person needs to pay the fee, and then you can invite as many people as are in your household to Sweepy. So if you have a family or if you have roommates, mm. you can invite them so that they can also see and be given Tasks. Perfect for polygamous couples, too. Perfect for polygamous couples, yes. Yeah. It, it can't... There, there are some problems that I think maybe are more indicative of a relationship issue, and I don't know if they can necessarily resolve, but I have noticed there's a few ways that, you know, you, you run into issues. One is if you have roommates who aren't on the app and they do yeah. the task, there's no way to mark it as complete without, like, giving someone points. Yeah, like, our roommate is ridiculously clean, so mm -hmm. we don't feel the need to add him to the Sweepy app because he would kick our asses but that means every uh, so often the he'll, kitchen he'll will, take out the garbage yeah. or take out the recycling and neither of us gets points for that but we need to mark it done mm -hmm. so there needs to be a zero credit option there has to be like some way of indicating a task was done by someone not in the sweepy family mm -hmm. the other thing that i think is potentially dangerous is someone in a relationship where they don't want to do a lot of chores might make up chores that have a high point value but don't actually require a lot of effort. And I well, think, and, and, and again, I don't think that's a problem with the app per se. That's more of indicative of someone not wanting that's to a their That's a relationship problem, yeah. not a app problem. Yeah, and I, you, can, you can control tasks pretty effectively as the like main owner of the app. So like if you have kids, you can set it so you can't 
so the kids can't change the point values and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. Okay. That's that's good to know. That's a back-end feature I wasn't aware mm-hmm. of. So yeah, we would certainly recommend Sweepy for tracking chores. Yep, Sweepy rocks. What next, Lauren? Next is Lovewick. I love Lovewick. This is my favorite app we've been using recently. So can you briefly describe like what Lovewick is? Sure. Um, Lovewick is an app available for both iPhone and Android that um, is geared towards strengthening your relationship through lots of different methods. Arm wrestling Um, your partner. Arm wrestling your partner. I think that's actually an option (laughs) that it gives you. Um, But it has things like date recommendations, Mm -hmm. which are really nice. It has a section called Forget-Me-Nots, where you can write down important dates or information about your partner. So like their birthday, um, their coffee order, their favorite color, their love languages, that sort of thing. You can have it cataloged so you don't forget because it's nice (laughs) for people to remember those things, but it's also unreasonable for someone to remember all of them. It's really helpful, say, if you want to surprise your partner with like an article of clothing. Yes. Um, And so being able to reference that without having to like awkwardly call them and be like, "Uh, I'm not buying you a gift. I just need to know some things about you. Yes, I'm just curious as to how big your waist is. Uh, But, you know, if you're out at the store and you want to grab your partner a treat, it's nice having like a list of things that they have explicitly said Uh that they want. I I think if you're in a long-term relationship, this becomes less and less important because you're probably absorbing a lot of it. But, you know, especially as you're starting out and trying to get to know a person, it's really nice having that all written. You can also set like a timeline of uh, events. So we can add, you can add your first date. You can add a trip together. Oh, good. Lauren can remember the date of our first date. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't remember our anniversary. That's a different story, but... (laughs) You can create wish lists with the suggestions that it gives you. So we have 12 saved ideas right now that run from um, like hide a note with something you appreciate about your partner to come up with a code word or emoji that means the conversation should be taken offline. Like there are some really good suggestions in this app. But my favorite part about this app and the feature that I think we use the most frequently is the discovery cards. Yes. Um, So discovery cards are decks of cards with six categories, um, affection and sex, beliefs and values, family and home, interests and favorites, personality and habits, and work and money um, that you can flick through that ask you questions and you and your partner can talk about those questions and both give answers and then discuss. So they're really, really good conversation starters. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're trying to deepen your relationship and get to know someone better, because a lot of the things are things that you would never think about asking, or they prompt discussions about deep topics that you might be too nervous to bring up or stuff along those lines, you know? But we really like the cards. We do them, you get 13 cards a day. Well, you get 10 cards a day and then you have to submit three questions for them to use. Mm -hmm. And then you get another three. But we do those pretty much every evening, lying in bed at the end of the night, just just Feeding our cat medicine and then asking each other questions about the universe. Yes, but it's it's really fun. They also have 
collections. I'll let you jump in in a second. I promise. I'm talking a lot. <laughs> they also have collections of cards. So they're groups of questions which are curated for specific life events. So if you're about to meet each other's families, there's a group of questions for that. If you are talking, of, if you want to navigate a conflict or want to talk about navigating conflict, there's a set of questions for What's that. the one that surprised the us? The one that surprised <laughs> us, not that it's bad. Like, yeah. I'm glad that it's there and I'm glad that people are thinking, uh, thinking about all the different ways relationships can work. But there's a category called opening, quote, us up, which is about <laughs> opening up your relationship. And, um, and we thought it was like, let's it was, really deep. Yeah, dive. we thought it was a, about like sharing your innermost self. But no, it's about opening. It's about starting Swinging. an open relationship. Yeah. yeah. But there are lots of different collections of questions that you can also do. Uh, Joel, what do you have to say about Lovewig? I don't understand the name. I don't know why they called it. It's like a playoff lovesick, but I don't know why it's Wick. Uh, that 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 just confuses me and it's ruined the whole it's experience. to light your fire oh you didn't know that no <laughs> <laughs> well the app has been redeemed great mm-hmm. i i am very impressed by this app it's free which is kind of shocking because you would think that this is the sort of thing they would have monetized by now mm-hmm. i think their community sourced question model is genius i agree it's a great way of encouraging all manner of questions from all cultures and backgrounds to be shared i don't know if the, how they curate them i don't know if that's even a thing they really do but they have hundreds of questions in each category mm-hmm. so like clearly they've asked a lot of people and come up with like a lot of different answers or they're just really creative which i doubt anybody's that creative yeah but yeah i I think that that's a really good way of keeping you engaged with the app it makes it feel like something that you're participating in which a lot of communities struggle to do and it's fun trying to think like what are some other things couples might like want to know about their significant other Mm -hmm. i forget what we came up with yesterday but it was questions we've come up with before it's like have you read fan fiction are there any you'd recommend what was your favorite superhero Superhero. growing up where is your the one that i want to write that i haven't had the balls to write yet is what would what would you do if your partner gained 100 pounds oh that's a fun one Mm -hmm. but but again it's it's thinking about your relationship in a variety of different ways but also kind of uncovering different aspects of your partner Mm -hmm. because like i don't really feel a need to dig into your childhood yeah there are probably some really interesting things I could learn about you, but I just don't know how to approach that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd know more about your like thoughts and hopes and dreams. If I knew more about what you were like in sixth grade. Right. Mm -hmm. But this app gives you an opportunity to, you know, voice your opinions on a variety of things and really dig into that level. And, and I think what's good is you can really riff off the questions. Some of them I think are kind of poorly worded. And Mm -hmm. so you can talk around what like it's getting at, which is helpful. Um, and you can also save them if like, there's something that you find really compelling, but don't have an immediate answer for or something you want to revisit or something you want to revisit. Yeah. And then you mentioned it briefly, but I don't think you made the connection apparent it gives you date ideas or suggestions based off based of your on answers. Your, on your questions, yeah. yes. So if you if you and your partner both express, you know, we, we like a certain level of, you know, communication of your affection, 
it may give you a suggestion hide love notes around the house. Yeah. If you and your partner both say you enjoy like construction and and, and well, you building. don't even have to give an answer. It's just based on the card that you draw. Oh, the okay. Suggestions that it gives you, and, and you can reject it. You don't have to. You, like, yeah, you can it. say I'm not interested. But it'll give you date ideas too. Like if both of you and your partner enjoy working with their hands, it might be like you know build a Lego set, yeah. do a puzzle. That's like where that. we got the the. Um, emoji or word to take a conversation offline idea was through those suggestions after the cards. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I, I think love wake is very cool. I think a lot of people have difficulty digging into what makes their partner tick. And it's super awkward bringing that up out of random. So it's mm-hmm. nice having a structure. It's nice having a, a way of doing that. And Lauren mentioned that there's a variety of categories. You can either choose specific ones if you don't want to dig into like money management or mm-hmm. sex and intimacy, or you can just randomize it completely, yeah. take the decision out of your hands, which I think is quite clever. Um, it's very customizable. It has a lot of features that I think relationships would benefit from. Uh, yeah, I would strongly recommend Lovewick. Same. What's it, next? It also works for polygamous relationships. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the problem with polygamous relationships is you need a bedroom that can fit a king size bed. That's true. Yeah, that that's why that's hard to find these days. Yeah, I didn't want to dig into this because it's not something we've really utilized. Mm-hmm. But I did stumble across this while doing a little bit of research for this episode, and it was an app called Love Nudge. Okay, so it kind of builds off the idea of making suggestions to improve like your relationship. And basically you and your partner both take a quiz that identifies what your primary love languages are. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like you are 100%, you know, physical touch or whatever. Yeah. It, it does provide you a breakdown with like how your answers fit into different categories. Mm-hmm. But the primary idea is sort of helping you understand what things you find desirable, what ways you want intimacy mm-hmm. um, given to you. And so based off of those answers, the app will send reminders to your partner who has to also download the app of things they can do, thoughtful gestures they can do to appeal to that love language. Mm. If there's specific ones you really, really want, it'll give you suggestions for like how you can do the physical touch or the like acts of giving. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's a mixture of them, it'll like mix them up and give you like random suggestions for like appealing to one or the other. Mm -hmm. It's a really good way of like, not falling into rote expressions of love. I think it's easy to be like, I'm going to go to my partner's favorite, you know, restaurant and get them like their favorite dish. I I think it's easy to be like, well, it's date night. We're going to go to that, you know, same bar you always go to. And this kind of mixes it up and gives you more ideas to keep that, that spark and fire alive. Yeah. That sounds great. I was trying to do research for this and reviews are all over the place for a variety of apps that give you even more randomization. Really? And Hmm. those are dare apps. There are oh. all sorts of apps where you can send your partner dares or suggestions of things to do. And there's a number of them which have fallen into the problems that Lovewick could fall into yeah. where they've monetized and they've locked all the good content behind oh, yeah. the upgrade level. So if you look at the reviews, a lot of these apps have been very popular for years and then recently they've just cratered oh, because yeah. they've all tried to monetize and be like, well, your relationship will suck without this, so you have to pay. Oh, But I think that's a good idea if you can find one that does that. Again, it's the whole your partner may not expect certain things from you. So it's nice having that level of randomness mm-hmm. where you can like just give them a dare of something to do. Yeah. Uh, you can give them like a quick suggestion in the middle of the day. I think what's also helpful is the uh, Love Nudge app allows you to journal and record your reaction oh, to nice. certain gestures. So if you just want to write down a couple of quick things after your partner does a gesture, you can rate it and you can be like, I really enjoyed this mm-hmm. or it wasn't you know exactly for yeah. me. That's not a mark on your partner. It's more more of a 
in the future, similar gestures might not receive the level of Mm -hmm. expression and appreciation that you might expect, which is helpful. I got three more. Okay. Uh, One, I don't think you've used at all. I have not used this But has shaped our relationship. It has? It's called My Radar. Is that just a weather app? it has sexy singles in your area. (laughs) Um, You would not believe how many women in Tempe, Arizona right now are looking for love. No, My Radar is a weather app. It is a very basic weather app with one key feature. It is a map of your area that shows incoming weather fronts. Oh, okay. And it'll give you notifications if bad weather is anticipated, but it'll also show you anticipated cloud movement if you're expecting Hmm. rain. Okay. The problem with most traditional weather apps is they give you a percentage chance. Yeah. And what's interesting is a lot of them have overinflated percentages. I think Nate Silver talks about this in The Signal and the Noise, where no weather person wants to be responsible for giving a low prediction of rain, it raining and ruining a bunch of people's days. So they always add in in like a margin for error that's mm-hmm. far greater than what their prediction models hmm. would indicate. I didn't know that. Yeah. So this shows you where weather is anticipated and you can, you know, reasonably calculate, can we do this activity? Can we wear coats or whatever? Mm-hmm. And multiple dates that we've done going to places like Boyce Thompson Arboretum or Desert Garden or, mm-hmm. you know, going out to North Scottsdale and thrifting has mm-hmm. been planned around, will weather be horrendous? Oh, wow. Today? I had no idea. Yeah. I think if Thank you, you and for your, putting that level of thought into it, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. If you and your partner live in an area with a lot of outdoor activities, if you enjoy hiking, if you enjoy being outdoors, it's probably a really good choice. And I think it works offline to a limited extent. It'll save like a map with whatever you last downloads, weather mm, predictions for the interesting. day. Interesting. So yeah, it's it's cute. It's quirky. It has a, lo- a high level of customizations. You can, you know, zoom in and out, see specific areas, see trends. It's it's cool and it's free. So nice. um, you can download it. No, no worries. Two more, Lauren. Two more. Can we talk about Pinterest? We can talk about Pinterest. What do you use Pinterest for, Lauren? Oh, I love Pinterest. I use Pinterest for all sorts of things. What what is Pinterest? Can you describe it to our listeners who may not have been on the internet for the last decade? I was going to say, Pinterest is pretty well known. But Pinterest is like an online mood or vision board Mm -hmm. where you can save links or pictures to specific quote-unquote boards. Yeah. And basically, you you can use Pinterest to categorize and save content and also discover content. Um, Pinterest learns what you're sort of interested in, what you're looking at at the time and gives you more suggestions for uh, things that you might like that you can then also quote unquote pin to your quote unquote board. (laughs) A lot of quotes here. (laughs) A lot of quotes. But Pinterest is also really great because Pinterest allows you to share boards with other people. So like Joel and I have a number of shared boards on Pinterest, which we really appreciate. And you can use them for things like home decoration or weddings or style guides or items to purchase. So you can you can share content. It's like saving a bookmark, but a bookmark that both partners can see, which is really nice. Yeah, so the reason I think Pinterest is so helpful is it's easy to form a generalized impression of your partner's likes and dislikes, and it's hard to kind of dig into the nitty-gritty of, you know, whether or not if they like a specific style of 
architecture or design, they're going to enjoy this specific object. Mm -hmm. And with Pinterest, you can save, you know, dozens, hundreds of examples of things that you enjoy and really create this like definitive style guide for your partner's tastes. Mm -hmm. What's also cool is, well, I don't know if this is cool or just how marketing works, is Pinterest has long been associated with marketing companies. Yeah. So if you're liking a lot of things, it'll give you like product recommendations mm -hmm. and you can in turn save product recommendations. Yeah. So it almost is like a giant Amazon wish list of like potential items. And if you're single, you can use it to save things where if you have money, you can, you know, buy. If you're in a relationship with someone, that person can be like, oh, you know, a major event's coming up. Uh -huh. I might purchase, you know, my significant other a new cat tower that looks yeah. like a cactus. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's that's really helpful if you're living with someone and trying to decorate, if you're trying to get presents for people, mm -hmm. it's really helpful. If you're commissioning art, say a holiday card, oh, yeah. and trying to get an idea of like what that person appreciates. Mm -hmm. I think it's good too if you're planning major events, Absolutely. like say weddings. Yes, Pinterest is... If again, if you haven't been on the internet in the last <laughs> decade, like the destination for wedding planning tips, mm -hmm. um, it's a really good place to start with like basic things like getting ideas about the type of venue you might like or how to plan your budget or like what sort of dress you might be looking for that sort of thing. So you can really get a lot of inspiration from Pinterest when you're planning a big event, like a wedding. I used it extensively when I was planning a bachelorette party when I was a maid of honor. Nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's really clever. Mm -hmm. Anything else about Pinterest? Yeah, I think Pinterest is just a way of kind of popping open your significant other's head and digging down inside. I, I think they can say something very general about their likes and dislikes and it's harder to get a comprehensive understanding. Yeah. And Pinterest is just like a one-stop shop for piecing the bits together. Yeah. Great. Cool. Uh, speaking of likes and dislikes, let's talk about Etsy. I love Etsy. Etsy's pretty great. I think, and dig into this a little, it's still better than, you know, big e giant e-commerce sites like Amazon. You're, you're supporting local craftsmen even if creators. you're supporting a drop shipper like that's better than that's true Amazon. Uh, one thing i have heard and this is worth digging into is etsy's cut of sales has gone up in recent mm. years and so people who use etsy often will request that you buy directly from their website mm. rather than shop through etsy because they have such a big chunk taken away yeah. Um, so it's a great way to support like independent creators. It's a great way to support a variety of businesses that uh, might otherwise be devastated by giant multi-trillion dollar organizations. Uh, but do be mindful that it is not a perfect website for that reason. Yeah. That said, crazy amount of stuff you can shop and look for on Etsy. Mm -hmm. What are some things you've purchased on Etsy? I'm forgetting everything I've purchased on Etsy. To give some examples, like I purchased a lot of holiday gifts on it. Uh, my father's... Yeah kind of a huge nerd Ooh, when it comes to Marvel. Candles. candles. I've bought a lot of candles on Etsy. We stopped by a vintage market in Mesa. Mm -hmm. There was a seller who had some incredibly smelling candles. We purchased a couple there, and I think you purchased two or three online after. I right? did, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was a really good way to connect to someone in the community who we probably would never have seen again otherwise. Yeah, right. Uh, my father is a huge nerd and enjoys, like, Marvel movies, and so I purchased a number of, like, authentic props and, you know, cool recreations from Etsy. I've purchased some furniture. I've purchased some household designs and paintings and other things like that. The big thing that I wanted to talk about with regards to couples 
is there's a wish list option. Mm -hmm. So someone can save a lot of stuff similar to Amazon wish list that feels a little more authentic and not like, you know, you're going to Best Buy to buy someone, you know, a whatever gaming device for their birthday. But also there's a lot of activities that you can Mm -hmm. save for your partner. Mm -hmm. So Lauren, you and I have made soap together. Yes. We've made candles together. Yes. I think we like making soap. We do. Yeah. Uh, But there's a lot of other things that you can buy on Etsy. You know, they have custom coloring books. They have making your own alcohol kits, like, you know, custom whiskeys. Yeah. Um, You know, you can do some like customization with coffee and other drinks. Um, They have like little baking kits where they'll send you like all the stuff you need to make a certain thing. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you can find that feels like fun activities to do with your partner. Mm -hmm. And typically they're designed to be easy intros to an activity. Yeah. And then the same shops will sell more of the same stuff if you want to do it again in different ways. So there's a lot of soap sellers, for instance, where they have like a couple's make your own soap thing. Uh And you can, you know, customize the colors and the flavors that come with that. Yeah. And then once you've like gotten the soap bug, you can go back and they sell soap molds mm-hmm. and they sell, um, you know, various solvents and they sell, you know, different scents you might mm-hmm. want to buy. So it's a really good way of doing something, seeing if you like it and then jumping back in if you yeah. want more. Have we made soap recently? We have made soap recently. We made some, it's like, it looks like volcanic ash, which is really cool. And it's lemon scented and it smells really good. We're calling it lemon lava. Lemon flow. lava. But lava that's more because it was so gloppy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I get a lot of inspiration from Etsy for things to do and also things that my partner, I think, will appreciate with gifts. I, I think it's difficult to get like a sense of authenticity in gifts. Mm-hmm. And Etsy often will have things that are like clever twists on what you might, you know, purchase. Uh, for your partner, but in a more like handcrafted feel. Yes. Uh, one thing that I saw, and I want to run this past you. Okay. There's a big map of the world you can buy mm-hmm. that's made out of like custom cut wood pieces. Oh, And you can track with pins like where you've traveled. That's cute. And check stuff off if that's something that's appealing. Neat. I don't feel like I want to visit every country on earth. Though. Yeah. I want to visit one country. And that is... Antarctica. Ah, okay. Which we can't get into. Because mm-hmm. then we'll see the giant barrier of ice that's around the world. And know that the, the world is, is flat. flat. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is now a world is flat podcast. Yes. Globalists will tell you. That. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? On Etsy? Don't think so. Okay. I believe that kind of wraps it up just generally with things that we've used to enhance our relationship. Mm-hmm. Certainly there are other apps out there and we'll take a look. We, I stumbled across LoveWip when I was initially doing research for this mm-hmm. and we started using it just to test it out and lo and behold, it's incredible. Great. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Now, if we can find an app that does the dishes for us, not just tracking who yes. does the dishes, that'll be the next step in our relationship. Yes. Anything we're looking forward to? We kind of discussed this last time we you were We discussed this last time a little bit, Yeah. We are going to Kansas for Christmas. I'm looking forward to that, Mm -hmm. um, to see my family, which uh, my family has and Joel have met once, twice. You've met my mom twice. twice. Yeah. um, But everybody else just once. Um, And we're spending four or five days there, um, which should be really nice. Joel will be frozen solid by the end. Yeah, Joel Joel will freeze. Depending on whether my job comes through, we might be taking a trip in January, which would be really fun. Thinking Mexico City, because we enjoyed spending time there last time. Yes. So we'll see. Hopefully I'll start my job, but if we don't, that'll that'll be fun too. (laughs) 
What else do we have going on? I can't. Well, think I of think long term we've discussed some bigger travel potentially in yeah. late twenty twenty three. Japan was one option, but we're also thinking about maybe visiting some other places in Europe. Yeah. Um, speaking of Pinterest, I just keep seeing incredibly stunning drone shots of tiny villages in nice. Italy. So I would really love to go back there sure. and spend some time. You yeah, know. that sounds great. Sp- uh, sitting on a train, sipping cafe lattes mm-hmm. as I eat a big plate of ravioli. Good. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I think that's about it for us today. Thank you again for coming on, Lauren. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. <laughs>